It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome in to another, I, I guess, pointless edition of the phnx dbacks podcast i mean the winter meetings nothing's happening i need something to happen i'm, I'm, I'm bored out of my mind uh but hopefully our guy jesse friedman uh will have some something for us here of course i'm your mayor of phnx occasionally known as derek Montia, and i'm joined uh by the mayor i'm making him the mayor of nashville mayor of the winter meetings it's the one and only jesse friedman the mayor of Nashville, Derek. I can't I be figured, there. I oh, figured I you would have claimed that even though you're not actually here. That yeah, just no, seems you're like right. a title that you wouldn't have let slip to anyone else. Totally on brand for me. I have no idea what I'm doing when I just relinquish that to you. But you're doing <laughs> a lot of work. You're following uh, Mike Hazen around. You're, you are thankfully tweeting about everything he's eating and the condition of his tummy, which we are very thankful for. But Jesse, of course, uh, we know that there is uh, not a lot happening. We just got some breaking news from Jeff Passan that the New York Yankees and the Red Sox completed a trade uh, for Alex Verdugo. That's going to send him to the New York Yankees. Uh, surprising to see these two teams uh, crossing, I guess, their their lines of hatred and, and accomplishing a deal. Yeah, that it is pretty weird. Um, I mean, it, at off the top of my head, I really can't think of that many trades that the Red Sox and Yankees made with each other. Right? Right. Um, it, it was really, I mean, yeah, I just like you would think that that sort of thing just wouldn't really make sense. But it, you know, it's Alex a real, Verdugo it's a real, the, in, the, 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 the enemy of my enemy is a friend situation. I feel like they're like seeing what the Orioles and these other teams are doing are like, we got to figure this out, man. And even if it takes us working together, uh, we'll do this. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a weird time in the AL East where neither the Red Sox nor the Yankees at all run the division. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah. I mean, those those two teams are are arguably the two worst teams in, in that division at this point. So, yeah, it's you know, it's a weird time. And I, I guess I guess. Yeah, you're right. They're just they're just kind of trying to help each other out at this point. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense from that perspective. But uh, of course, it doesn't really make sense why there aren't more deals happening with other teams, right? Um, uh, we could analyze that deal, but uh, we don't care about the Boston Red Sox <laughs> or the New York Yankees. We care about the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that's really what I need to see happen. When I'm talking about the lack of moves, I know that, you know, things take some time. I, I didn't expect this to be, you know, suddenly out of the gates. But uh, are, are you are you surprised, not just for the Diamondbacks, for, pr from a Diamondbacks perspective, but are you surprised by – uh, how long it's taking for some of these big names to kind of, or, or some of these big deals to kind of start happening. I feel like it's, it's almost an, an annual thing where we're kind of, you know, yes. sitting around at the winter meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It's only my second time being here and, and seeing it in person, but it seems like the, the off season in recent years has just gotten off to a, a bit of a slower start. I don't really know exactly how to, how to explain why that is, but, um, yeah, this isn't necessarily, uh, you know, uncharted territory with the winter meetings, maybe not being the most exciting. Uh, we certainly we've seen at least a little bit of movement. We did eventually find out about 24 hours after the initial report where Eric Fetty was headed. Uh, so congratulations <laughs> to the Chicago White Sox on on landing uh, Scott Boris's most highly sought after client. That's right. But, uh, that's right. <laughs> odd but yeah, landing I mean, spot for him, that, right? There, I there mean, that's, that's some... an odd landing spot for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I the, the White Sox are just I mean, they're they're in a spot where they just need to fill out their rotation and you know, they've they've lost some guys there. And it does make sense to 
you know, maybe sign a guy who's not costing you a ton of money. It doesn't really make sense if you're the White Sox to be investing in one of the big name free agents. At the same time, I, I think there might be some upside there, just given that Eric Fetty was really good in the in the KBO. Um, yes. Very, very good in the KBO. We've talked about it before. His numbers in the KBO this past season were way better than Merrill Kelly's numbers in the KBO. Um, so, yeah, you, I mean, two years, 15 million. I, I don't think the expectations for Fetty are, are all that high. There's a there's a really big gap between the KBO and the majors. But for the White Sox, I, I can see how taking a flyer on him could make some sense. Yeah. Well, and of course, um, you know, there, there he wasn't very good last time he was in Major League Baseball. But that doesn't mean that. He hasn't come around and that what we saw to the KBO wasn't more, you know, of, of what you're going to see out of him. You know, I, again, there's there's this weird thing with like the KBO and some of the leagues, uh, you know, like the Japanese league, uh, the Nippon, uh, you know, some of that stuff where it feels like there's been they've been discredited a little bit like they're not necessarily uh, seen as as being as good as Major League Baseball and. I don't know. I don't really think that's the case, uh, especially after the way that we saw Merrill Kelly kind of bounce back uh, and then, you know, come back here and, and do what he did. So, like you said, uh, this is this is definitely something uh, that we could see out of him. And 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 if, if he is nearly as good as he was, uh, he he it could be a value. It could be an absolute steal for. The yeah. Boys. And I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say that like the NPB and the KBO are, are necessarily being discredited given, I mean, the KBO is, is, you know, on a, on a lower tier for sure. But uh, there are some guys uh, from the NPB who are going to make a heck of a lot of money. This yes. Year. That's um, what I'm saying. Otani, I heard it referred to as like double A talent. And I was like, absolutely not. I, 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 I could not, I could not uh, sign off on that, but yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I do understand because, again, you can't directly look at any of these guys, Yamamoto or any of these guys, and, and know that they are going to have the success they're currently having uh, in Major League Baseball. There's no way until they start pitching here and actually facing this level of, of hitter here in the United States. But, um, again, I, 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 I don't think that the winter meeting should happen in Nashville uh, with Broadway being as close as it is. I know you said you just went out there and got some food, but I don't I don't trust this. I don't I don't think this is helping at all. I think we need the winter meetings to be in some place with with less things to do so that these guys are forced to be around each other, Jesse, and they're forced to have to talk. That's that's all I say, but I'm an impatient person. I'm an impatient person. Uh, but I, I know I you. I think it's with, safe to say, like, I, I don't think Mike Hazen is, you know, uh, hanging out on Broadway every night. No, and, and no, I don't. I don't think that's exactly the situation. From what we know, Mike Hazen is just spending his days in his hotel room, uh, pen up there with, uh, you know, Mike Fitzgerald. And they're just eating Mike and Ike's, Derek. They're yeah, just, they're just yeah. eating Mike and Ike's. Giving themselves. I don't think they're spending too much time on Broadway right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying they all are. I'm not blaming Mike Hazen. Uh, as as we got a video of today, Mike Hazen professed uh, that he doesn't even have any hobbies. That this is just it. He doesn't play golf anymore, Jesse. He doesn't do anything. It's just baseball. Uh, it's his family, and then it's baseball. But uh, here's what uh, I think we have a clip of Mike uh, talking about not having any hobbies. Yeah, we're not great at it. Okay. Uh, in fact, we're probably terrible at it. Uh, we do the best we can. I do the best I can. Um, I think about it 24 hours a day. I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about it. I wake up in the middle of the night and I look at my phone. Um, I text Damiel and Fitz in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't think any of those things classify as having a nice balance. Um, I try to offset that by working out a lot uh, when I can to try to stave off the probably inevitable massive coronary that I'll have at some point. Um, but, you know, I, it, it's, I, it's, I basically have two things in my life, my family and my job. Mm -hmm. And I don't have much room for anything else. Like, I, I don't have time to golf. I, I, I guess my balance is I don't have any hobbies. <laughs> this man, Jesse, my God, I know he's joking, but there's a lot of sincerity in, in, in the jokes we make sometimes. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't like to hear uh, about Mike, uh, you know, fending off that massive coronary, but it, it is understandable to uh, the, when you're a, a GM of a baseball team that there's not a lot of hobbies that you can have considering this sport is so long, the regular yeah. season so long 
the 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 preseason so long the postseason also very long when your team goes to the world series so it doesn't leave you a lot of time to do things like put up christmas lights or golf no it, it really doesn't and and it's up it's very clear to me that mike hazen you know i mean every gm of course there's a there's a huge time commitment that, that's involved with being a general manager of a major league baseball team i think we can all openly acknowledge that but it does seem like Mike maybe even takes this to to another level where, you know, he'd be the first one to tell you. I mean, as, as you heard there, like he's, you know, he is constantly, uh, you know, texting people in the D-backs front office in the middle of the night. And as he said there, you, you know, he's thinking about it 24 hours. It really is an all-consuming kind of job. And yeah, even from his own perspective, I think he, you know, it may, it maybe consumes every hour, uh, at least of his mind more so than, than maybe it would for other people. But yeah, I mean, you certainly don't get into this business in order to, you know, have time to like go golfing on the weekends or whatnot, especially if you're going to go all the way to the world series, in which case your, your time to figure things out in the off season is significantly shorter. And, uh, yeah, I mean. Mike was very open in telling us that he felt very behind when the off season began yeah. uh, for the Diamondbacks. It didn't really begin until until early November. Yeah, I also understand uh, working off to uh, working out to stave off a massive coronary. Uh, I people ask me why I work out, and and some people are even surprised when they look at my physique and say, "You work out?" Uh, it's not <laughs> Jesse to look good. It's not to be attractive to members of the opposite sex and it's really not for any other reason than i know i'm never going to change the way i eat so cheeseburgers the bacon the 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 fries i had i had grilled cheese seasoned beef french fries tonight from taco bell i'm just i'm, I'm just i'm playing a game with my health that i i shouldn't be playing right so it's like i i get that like that's the only reason why i work out so that i can drink all of the beer uh, that I drink and 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 still feel somewhat responsible about what I'm doing. But um, Mike does have still a lot of work. We've talked about that. We still don't even understand how he's going to make all of this happen. And uh, yeah. we hope he does. But it, it doesn't seem very likely that he's going to be able to acquire top tier talent for all of the positional needs that they have uh, and spend the amount of money that they are rumored to be spending. But we do know that one important factor is is left handed hitting. Yeah, left-handed, left-handed pitching. Sorry, left-handed hitting, left-handed pitching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there are elements of 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 both of those. So, uh, on the left-handed pitching side, you could make a case that in the Diamondbacks' search for a starting pitcher, maybe they should target a lefty, given that you know Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly, and Brandon Fodder are all right-handed pitchers. There's there's right. a case you made. You'd, you'd maybe want some variety there it doesn't really make a, a huge difference within like an, an individual game, but sure. you know, if, if another team, especially, you know, if you get into the playoffs and you've got a team with a lot of left, a real, a lot of really good left-handed hitters, it can be beneficial to have a left-handed pitcher in your rotation who would start one of those postseason games. It's obviously, you know, uh, far off in the future. The D-backs are probably more thinking about just getting through the regular season, getting themselves back into the playoffs in the first place right now. Um, but yeah, and, and on the left-handed hitting side of things, a question that I asked Mike Hazen today is, would you be comfortable with every outfielder on your opening day roster being left-handed? Because that's that's exactly how things stand right now, right? You've got Alec yeah. Thomas in center field. You've got Corbin Carroll. You've got Jake McCarthy on the roster. You also have Dominic Fletcher, uh, Paven Smith serving as depth options. Jorge Barosa is on the 40-man. Uh, he is a switch hitter who I, I believe... Um, you know, would be is better from the left side than he is from the right side. So that's a lot, that's a lot of guys who are better at hitting, you know, right-handed pitching than left-handed pitching. And when I asked that, Hazen Hazen's response was yes. He was very emphatic that he is comfortable. Uh, not that this is necessarily going to happen, but he is comfortable with a situation where the Diamondbacks only have left-handed hitters in the outfield, as long as the stipulation was that, you know, there's some right-handed depth options. So you wouldn't want to have, you know, all all left-handed hitting outfielders and then, you know, your your backup options or, or depth options at other positions are, are also left-handed. That would be a bit of a problem. 
but it does it does seem like a possibility here. You know, we've heard about the D-backs pursuing a right-handed bat that's not necessarily a right-handed outfielder. That could just be a right-handed DH, in which case the D-backs enter the season with all lefties in the outfield. Um, we have a lot of talk about fast food in the chat, by the way, and I want to hats off to all of you guys. Michael is talking about the Baconator with the pretzel bread. Fantastic uh, water burger, green chili double. I know Jesse's hungry. I can tell just looking at him, just knowing hungry. the day he had. I just I don't even have to ask you. I know you're hungry. So I just wanted to throw out how uh, some of this delicious food people are talking about uh, just to upset you. But uh, Justin says, are the D-backs going to trade uh, for a designated hitter? And we don't really know at this point what the Diamondbacks are going to do as far as fulfilling these positional needs, whether it's going to be yeah. through trade, whether it's going to be through free agency. We discussed yesterday Hazen's comments that it sounds a lot more likely that they are going to do these transactions through free agency. And we discussed that it's because money's easier to part with than talent, right? And that's usually the main reason why, especially when you're a team right now that's trying to get better. But we do know that they have some prospects that, you know, they've been rumored in trade pack packages and and today uh hazen kind of directly st said drew jones is is pretty much untouchable yeah this was this was a really interesting comment that, that hazen made he was basically just asked about he wasn't asked about what you know would you trade drew jones he was just asked about drew jones and kind of how the diamondbacks long-term outlook has changed on him based on the way that this 2023 season went which was not so good uh here's what uh here's what mike hazen had to say about that oh wait hold on one second we're we had an issue there with our video coming up uh, as you oh. can see on the first one of us being behind uh, uh, the video a little bit. So we'll get to that uh, in one moment. But yeah, I mean, like you said, he he wasn't directly asked about Drew Jones being off the table. But we do know that there's a lot of guys uh, as far as prospects that, I mean, might not be as untouchable, but still it doesn't feel like based on any of his comments that he's made that that's really an avenue that they're pursuing. I know some people are concerned about losing someone like Jordan Lawler or some of these guys like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, that, that the Diamondbacks have, I, I mean, even, even Ivan Melendez has been a name that's kind of been thrown out of there. And, and there's a lot of people that, that don't want to see him out of the organization either. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, you know, like we said yesterday, I think that Tommy Troy, Jordan Lawler, Drew Jones, those guys are kind of in a class of their own as far as, you know, trade assets are concerned. Just, I mean, I think those are the pretty, the, pretty much the clear cut top three prospects in this farm system. Not to say that other guys like Ivan Melendez could contribute, but I'm not really sure, frankly, if Ivan Melendez has, has an enormous amount of trade value right now, even though his numbers in the minors were, were pretty good last year. He's, you know, a little bit older and then the strikeout rates were really, really high for him. So I'm sure there are teams that would be interested, but, you know, not on the level of, uh, you know, a guy like a guy like Drew Jones. And I do think we have that clip now. Here's what Mike Hazen had to say when asked about Drew Jones' 2023 season and how the outlook uh, for him has changed. In terms of how we look at the way he finished, um, he is going to be my take on the situation is I think a year from now it's it's he's he's gonna be untouchable if he's not already for us. So in fact it probably is. And a year from now I think we're gonna look back and say he's more untouchable. That's the way I look at it. We just swings totally the same as swing, power, changes power, athleticism, best probably gonna be the best defensive center fielder in our entire organization. Um, none of that has changed one bit. First, get your damn microphone out of the shot, Friedman. All right. Second, um, can, can, this way I have to I have to defend myself. But if you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna say that the the way that I filmed this was actually with a tripod. So there's a tripod like sitting sort of next to me. But the problem was Mike like kept swaying. You know, like in different directions, <laughs> yeah. different people would join the conversation. So I kept yeah. having to adjust it. Um, right. And I That's also fair. like I couldn't I couldn't see you know, like whether my hand was in it with the microphone or not. So, all right. Anyway, all right. I'll go. let you go on that you one. To, but, you just have to put up. Uh, with I'm not going to let Mike go on, <laughs> on the idea of a guy being untouchable and then more untouchable next year. But uh, yes, I, I get what he's saying here as far as like, he feels like Drew Jones is going to make a big leap from what we're seeing. Like you said, kind of with Ivan Melendez, his numbers right now 
weren't great uh there's there's plenty to still be excited about and he still has plenty of potential the potential is through the roof but you know you you wouldn't really potentially get nearly as much as he's actually worth right now based on you know some of his early numbers and some people are already kind of frustrated with him when he's just just now just in a very early stage in his career and hasn't even started to blossom as a, as a major league athlete it was a it was a really interesting comment for for mike to make just the the way that he answered this question again he wasn't asked about a trade of drew jones and yet one of the first things he said is he's talking about you know drew jones being untouchable um yeah. and how and, and an interesting way of putting it right the drew jones is you know will be untouchable next year if he's not already you know in fact i think he probably is uh so you know he's just kind of going back and forth on whether drew jones is untouchable or not it's not necessarily something that i would read into as oh the diamondbacks are definitely trading drew jones but it did if i'm being totally honest it kind of struck me as like something that would at least make sense to say if you were trying to trade Drew Jones, like the suggestion that, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's, he's untouchable a year from now. He, you know, actually he's untouchable now, you know, at least like pretty soon, you know, it's, it's just the the way that he answered that. It, it just made me think like, I don't know. 40 you know maybe, 40 maybe chest, there's, there's something going on there. I, I, well, and I, like you said, especially when he wasn't prompted necessarily about that as a topic, but he used the the, the opportunity in speaking to the media to throw that out there, right? So, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Mike Hazen's not he, – he's he's no dummy, right? There's the, there's no way that he got uh, the Toronto Blue Jays to trade Dalton Varsho for Gabriel Moreno and, and uh, Lourdes Gurriel without being – a bit crafty but uh of course <laughs> you did also uh or or media had a chance uh to talk to tori lavello yesterday and just before we moved on i wanted to once again show everybody how relatable tori lavello is uh he was asked uh, about basically did he go back uh, and watch the world series uh did he go back and review the games or pick up anything and and this is what Tori had to say about going back and watching any of the World Series or any of the Diamondbacks postseason run, in fact. I watched one pitch. I watched. I saw it pop up on some of the replays, um, but I haven't watched. I get on it, watch, watch, you know, a commercial, and then turn, turn the channel. So I didn't watch one thing. I don't think I will, to be honest with you. I don't have any desire to right now. Wow. Um, probably because it wasn't the final destination. You know, maybe if it was and we had won, I might look at it a little bit differently. Yeah, I don't have any desire to because I, I just, it seems like that whole entire week plus, however long it was, didn't go anywhere close to what we, anywhere close to the, the original script we had planned. So I don't have any desire to. It's interesting. It's interesting yeah. to hear him say that and... I I just wanted to get your thoughts on on not wanting to go back and, and watch that. I think that's probably what I would have expected him to say. Tori is Tori, and he was also asked a, a follow up. Like, is this normal for you? Would you normally go back and and you know watch game film after the fact or whatever? And you know, he said, you know, of course there are certain things he would want to watch for you know just from a coaching standpoint. But by and large, he said, no, almost never does he go back and, you know, watch games over again. He kind of seems to like to focus on the future and what's next yeah. and, you know, how yeah. things yeah. can be can be better moving forward and just sort of keeping the mindset there rather than looking at what's happened in the past. So I wasn't surprised if if I were him, I would like at least watch some highlights of the D-backs Dodgers series because that was an especially <laughs> glorious time to be Tori Lavella. One would at least think uh, the Brewer series. I mean, there were some some really you know remarkable moments for this team there as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, as a manager, I guess your job is to be even keeled, never too high, never too low. And so, you know, even even in those even in those moments where the D backs were seemingly on top of the world, uh, you know, we saw my or we saw Tori give some some 
pretty fun clubhouse speeches, but by and large, he's, you know, he's kind of trying to keep a level head yeah. in all of this and, yeah. you know, moving forward, it doesn't sound like he's planning to, to bask in some of those wins that the D-backs had. Well, that, like you said, that's very on brand for Tory. He has always yeah. been a guy that has preached about not getting too high on the wins and not getting too low on the losses. You kind of have to flush everything and, and move forward. And there's some that might disagree with that philosophy and say that there is a lot to be learned even from the losses. Right. But I think from Tory's perspective, he learned it in real time and doesn't need to go back and just review his mistakes and, and decisions that he made over again. And, and, you know, kind of relive something that probably caused him in all sincerity, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of moments of just yeah. <laughs> questioning, you know, your, your actions, your decisions, as if anything at any point could have gone differently that you could have impacted it. Anything you could have done to make be maybe, you know, especially when you get that close, right. It's, it's so much harder yeah. to live with when you were that close rather than when you still had maybe, you know, like, Hey, we lost in the, in the NLCS and, you know, I, I that, who knows what would have happened in the World Series. So there's a lot of that that's still just wonder. But you're, you know, you, you can only question that series that you were in, right? To be in the World Series and be that close. You know, like I was always trying to look at it very positively. You know, if they lost, yeah. I was always trying to look at it from the perspective of, man, so proud of these guys for getting this far. But, you know, from, from Tori's perspective, he might feel like a couple of decisions here or there, and we might talk be talking about the team we cover being the world champions. And who knows if that's the case or not. There's a lot of interesting comments, by the way, Jesse, in the chat of people talking about essentially prospects being cool, but World Series rings being cooler, like our guy Brute Squad Barbecue <laughs> says. A couple of comments here. Uh, Benjamin Hunley talks about like he'd be more excited about Dylan Cease. Then uh, Drew Jones, he also says, why are Lawler and Drew still D-backs? We should have traded them for starting bitching by now. So a lot of people here, I mean, I'm sure there's some mixed feelings from the fans in regards to the Diamondbacks making a big move, big trade, uh, especially if, you know, if, if they can't financially figure out a way to improve this team and, and fill all the positional needs they have. But, you know, as much as we talk about starting position, starting pitching, uh, I, I think the Diamondbacks can get by for now with, with the starting pitching they have. I think they can actually be a good team with the guys that they have in their rotation if Tommy Henry is able to come back uh, and we can kind of get Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry pitching the way that they were last year. I, I don't, think, I, I don't that, think anyone wants to see that, Derek. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to see that. And I get that. You know what I mean? I get that. But I, I, I also think that there's actual you know players that they're losing that they need to do something about as far as you know an outfielder and and some other needs that like they're they they are i mean yeah they can call some guys up but they have a lot of work to do and uh again starting pitching even though it's the focus uh and and is the thing that could probably improve this team the most might not be the thing that they need to get done as much as you know some of these other things so uh, anyway, they were they were linked to uh, Lucas Giolito today. Um, oh, for whatever that's worth, it was a JP Morosi tweet that that came out at some point during the middle of the day. But I mean, at this point, you know, from what we've heard from Mike Hazen, the D-backs have been engaged on. I mean, what he said yesterday was basically all areas of the free agent market, right? Uh, presumably, mm -hmm. the guys at the very top. I know Nick Core reported that the D-backs made a run at Sonny Gray. And yeah, I mean, in some ways, it just feels like common sense that Lucas Giolito would be someone that they'd have some level of interest in. Sure. The report sure. didn't, you know, it didn't indicate that anything was close or anything like that. So it almost feels like with every passing day, those kinds of reports just mean less and less. Like, oh, the yeah. D-backs checked in on, you know, Jack Flaherty. Like, sure, <laughs> you know, like, of course they did. not yeah. surprising. Are they yeah. going to sign him? Are they really interested you know, these reports don't often say they just indicated there's some level of interest. And from what we've heard from Mike Hazen, it sounds like there's probably some or at least there has been some level of interest in a lot of different guys. And what you brought yesterday was that Mike Hazen wasn't necessarily just looking for one starting pitcher, but for two. And when you talk about Definitely. some of these other guys, these are guys that could maybe fit that fifth you know, spot in the starting rotation uh, and, and then whoever they get as far as maybe the bigger name or, you know, whatever that, that could be the person that factors in at three, who knows? Uh, I, I do understand Hazen's comment about not needing to replace Zach Gallon and not needing to go out there and get an ace. So that could also be the reason why they're checking in 
on some of these. I, I don't like, I feel like, you know, you're disrespecting them by saying like, Oh, some of these lesser pitchers, but yeah, like some of the more mid tier pitchers, some of the other guys available yeah. in the market that aren't going to fetch as much money as, as someone like Jordan Montgomery, which by the way, we have this tweet uh, from Gambo and Gambo apparently says that the diamondbacks are not in on Jordan Montgomery. Gambo says, uh, I would say that Jordan Montgomery is unlikely for the diamondbacks in free agency. I'm guessing a big part of that is the the cost of a, of Montgomery. Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's kind of what what also what we expected, right? I mean we've yeah. we've been saying that you know that top tier of the market, while while according to Mike Hazen, the D-backs are seemingly engaged in in all areas. I guess we assume that includes the top of the market, but. Yeah, for them to be the highest bidder, like, like he said yesterday. I mean, he said yesterday, there's a lot of competition out there and you don't know how those things are going to go. And it was always far-fetched. It always seemed far-fetched that the D-backs would be the highest bidder on someone like Jordan Montgomery yeah. when yeah. all is said and done. And that might not be the worst thing, right? I mean, giving Jordan Montgomery six years and $140 million or whatever it is when all is said and done, that's a pretty big contract for a guy who I, I don't think I've ever viewed as being a true you know, number one, maybe even number two starter. I think Jordan Montgomery is a solid mid-rotation guy. You know, one of the better mid-rotation guys out there. If he's your three, that's a really good number three. But, you know, a few years from now, once you get into the middle of this contract, is he still that guy? Does he become more of a number four, number five starter type at some point? There'd sure. just be a lot of risk there. And I'm, I'm not sure that Montgomery is good enough. He's not granky, right? Like he's not, he's not quite at that level yeah. where it would make sense for the D-backs to go above and beyond in order to try to make that work. Well, we thank you guys for bringing your opinions here in the comments and being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel tonight. Of course, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, leave us a like. We always appreciate those attaboys. We are not anti-attaboy around here. If you're a listener on the audio podcasting side, we love you too. Uh, make sure you drop us a review. We always appreciate those five-star reviews. And of course, make sure you're subscribed on the audio podcasting side. Uh, of course, this holiday season, Circle K is the place for you to stop wherever you need to fill up. I know you're doing a lot of running around. I know you're trying to get some decorating done, some presents done. I know Jesse hasn't even started. He's not even thinking about what presents uh, he's got to do. But I know there's going to be a day where he is going to run himself ragged to get all of his shopping done. And, of course, the perfect place for him to fill up his car is Circle K. Gas is cheap, but you can get even cheaper gas right now if you join their Inner Circle program for free by downloading the app, uh, the Circle K app, and join in the app. Of course, terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. But once you do join the Inner Circle, you will save 25 cents per gallon on your first five Phillips. You'll also save three cents per gallon every day after that. And you'll get all sorts of wonderful, uh, all sorts of wonderful benefits. Like right now, they're, they're doing like the 31 days of Christmas. And I think uh, there's like scratcher kind of deal uh, in the app where you get free stuff. You'll get buy one, get one free. So don't miss out. Join the Inner Circle today and get yourself all sorts of free uh, goodies from Circle K. Also, uh, our friends at Wink Seltzer is another great option this holiday season. I know you guys are all dealing with family, and a great way uh, to deal with family is with Wink Seltzers, which are available online for consumers to buy direct to their doorsteps from drinkwink.com, and that's W-Y-N-K. Uh, the product is a THC and CBD uh, seltzer drink in each can. It comes with either two and a half milligrams or five milligram per can doses. Uh, they have zero sugar, zero calories, and zero alcohol. So they're a great alternative if you're looking for that kind of thing. And they come in a variety of flavors such as mango, lime, and my favorite, black cherry. You can buy them right now uh, in a 12-pack, a 24-pack, and variety packs uh, right now on their website. And I'll tell you, this is probably the best deal that we have for you guys this holiday season. Uh, you use promo code PHNX and you will get an additional 50% off your order. That is not 15. I did not misspeak. That is 50% off your total order by using PHNX. So do so right now. Uh, the Rule 5 draft, Jesse, takes place tomorrow night. And normally the Diamondbacks are uh, kind of 
beneficiaries of it more more but uh in this case the diamondbacks much like we'll be talking about the mlb draft lottery uh we we were runners up in the world series so uh now 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 are we the team that that other teams are going to pick our good players off of is that what's going to happen to us is that is that what being at the top is like (laughs) Um, I mean, I guess, I guess being a serious contending team means that you're, you're not as likely to protect guys because you're trying to keep 40 man spots open for, you know, for guys who you really feel are going to make an impact on your major league team. That's something that Mike Hazen has talked about. The UX are aware that they have left some, you know, some solid young talent exposed, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the D-backs haven't been all that active in in the Rule 5 draft in recent years. There was a report last year that Dominic Canzone was going to be taken first overall in the Rule 5 right, draft, right. which is right. a really, really interesting thing to think about in retrospect because he wound up being, a, you know, not the headliner of the Paul Seawald trade, but a piece that was presumably needed in order to get the Diamondbacks a closer that was right. very important for them down the stretch. So And they could have uh, lost them in the rule. Yeah, the Diamondbacks should be quite grateful, I think, that Dominic Kinzone <laughs> was not selected uh, number one overall in the Rule 5 yeah. last year, as as some people may have may have suspected. But yeah, there are some guys on this roster that could be um that that absolutely could be taken in the Rule 5 draft. I don't know if I would pinpoint any one guy as being super likely to get taken but you know when when mike hazen was asked today what his level of concern is uh, about rule five and having some talent plucked away he said it is high that it is higher than normal given you know like what i said earlier about how they wanted to keep these 40-man spots for making improvements to the major league roster they they left exposed more talent than they normally would and we'll see if they uh, if they pay the price for doing that the atlanta braves jesse are reportedly flipping uh, Marcos, Marco Gonzalez, who they got uh, in that trade we were talking about to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, yeah, I, so I mean, stuff's I, happening. Stuff's yeah, happening, the, by the way. The stove is, the stove is, is really hot the now, stove, Eric. Yeah, it's, it's, every, it's, it's on fire right now. Uh, now that, Eric now Fetty, that Marco Eric now that, broke the dam. <laughs> <laughs> now that Marco Gonzalez has been dealt, well, you said yeah. this is the Braves, right? That's what you said? Yeah, because they got him in that five-player trade right. that they made on Sunday, right? With the Mariners. Uh, so another, Mariners. another, um, another situation where the where the Braves are are doing something and and right. I mean, it seems like the we were joking yesterday about the Braves have been involved in like everything that has happened so far this off so season, much. which is kind of funny. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, the Braves weren't going to have any use for for Marco Gonzalez. He. Uh, he struggled quite a bit last year in Seattle. I think not quite sure off the top of my head what the story was there. Uh, he was not not good in the majors. That's what I can say for sure. And the Pirates are a team, you know, maybe looking for some rotation depth. So I can I can see that making sense. Now that Marco Gonzalez is gone, Derek, now the floodgates are going to open. Right, it's all going to happen. Just feel it. They, yeah. Everyone was just yeah. waiting for Marco Gonzalez to get dealt. Now the hot stove is hot. Nah, things are going to get crazy. Now it's going to be the winter meetings after dark, Jesse, just like it was mailbag Monday after dark. But uh, (laughs) the only guy the Diamondbacks protected here from the Rule 5 draft was Blake Walston, right? He was the one that they added to their roster. Um, And then we have all these, uh, of course, uh, some some names that people are going to be familiar with um, that are exposed, if you will, and players the Diamondbacks could potentially lose, including Davison de Los Los Santos, uh, Mitchell Stumpo uh, and Christian Robinson. Yeah, I think Davison De Los Santos is probably he's one of the higher profile prospects available in the Rule Five draft at large. Um, yeah. So I, I think of the guys that come to mind as guys the D-backs could conceivably lose. He would be someone that would certainly stand out. I still don't know if I see it happening. Uh, De Los Santos had an interesting year in Double A where he just really struggled, didn't hit much at all. Over the first couple months, D-backs put him on the development list, had him go out to the complex. He spent a couple weeks away from double A, just working on a swing, trying to figure things out. And he came back a, a much better hitter. He put up good numbers in the second half down in double A. But, you know, in the second half, he still was only walking about 3% of the time. The strikeout rate was still a little on the higher end. I'm not quite sure that the team is going to look at those numbers from double A and believe that that guy could stay in the majors for an entire season, which is what you have to bet on. I mean, if you're picking in the rule five draft, you're like, all right, which guy out of this group 
do I think could actually stay on my major league roster throughout the entire season? Um, that, I mean, that's, that's how this process works. If you don't think someone can do that, you're not going to select them. So I, I have my doubts about De Los Santos being selected, but it is, it is possible. He's one of the bigger names for sure. Uh, we also had, like I said, the MLB draft lottery uh, taking place today, which I forgot all about <laughs> because why we don't have any, uh, any reason to care about it. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I'm just bright. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I you're, you are, you are right, Derek. You are all right. right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, of course uh, you were very excited that two teams from Ohio got pick number one and number two i was much less excited about this uh but i mean i wasn't i wasn't like excited necessarily you thought it was i, neat. was just I don't think it's neat i don't think it's neat you think like, it's what neat? are the I don't odds think it's neat. cleveland guardians get the number one pick and the cincinnati reds jesse who were very close to making the playoffs and having themselves potentially an insane run with a very young team uh, get the number two pick. So uh, that is a team that is filled with young talent. They were already going to be a problem down the road. Uh, and now here they get the number two pick in the draft. So less excited about that, but good for the Cleveland guardians to get that number one overall pick. Did you know that in fact, this was a, a very fascinating story over on baseball America, neither. Well, so the Cleveland guardians, uh, they, they won the draft lottery, presumably, right? In right. reality, the Cleveland Guardians did not actually win the draft lottery when, when the whole ping pong ball process was going. Cleveland Guardians were not first. The team that was first was the Washington Nationals. The problem was that in the new CBA, there is a stipulation with the new draft lottery rules that a revenue-sharing payee, so a team that is paying into the revenue-sharing program, cannot have back-to-back uh, lottery picks within the top nine, I believe it is. So the Washington Nationals, even though they, even though they they rightfully won the lottery, you know, through the whole ping pong ball process, they are picking tenth instead because of the stipulations of the CBA. Yo, pretty crazy. That's uh, especially considering all the help that that franchise currently needs. I would not be very happy about that decision uh, if I was a Nats fan. So I think the uh, um, unfortunate for them. I, I believe that it's it's uh, two years for teams that play into revenue sharing and then three years for teams that, that don't, that are recipients. So the Oakland A's, who I want to say landed fourth in this year's draft lottery. We they, have the image. Here's the, uh, Damon, let's throw up the image of how things, uh, this is how everything ended up working out. Uh, yeah. The top six, were the uh, right the top six are the are the draft uh, potential draft uh, number one pick right so so yeah part so of the lottery the top six are part of the lottery because because the um, the Oakland A's landed I mean they could have landed higher right I mean fourth mm -hmm. was not a very good outcome for for the A's uh, in this process and not only that but because they also were a, a lottery team last year. Um, they, it's a similar thing to what, what I was describing with the Nats, except they get an extra year because they're not a revenue sharing payee. They're a recipient of the program. So, um, so yeah, that means that next year, the Oakland A's cannot pick any higher than 10th in the same way that the Nats, uh, were in that situation this year, which is really tough for the A's because you're not exactly, uh, uh you're not exactly trending upward. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, uh, and 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 you'd like to maybe get things figured out a little bit by the time you make that debut in Las Vegas, but uh, probably probably not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, again, this is these are problems that that we don't concern ourselves with, as you can see, Diamondbacks nowhere there in the top eighteen. Uh, because they won't be picking there, but they will, thanks to Corbin Carroll winning the Rookie of the Year, they will have a couple of draft picks fairly close to each other there, right at the end of the first round and and after the first round ends. So hopefully, yeah, 20, the back 29, 29 and thirty one with the backs have, there and then go. they have they have something close after that. I'm not exactly sure yet where it falls, but Is somewhere around thirty five ish. Uh, oh, okay. They, yeah, because of the the competitive balance round yeah. as well, they'll have a they'll have a pick there. So they're gonna have three picks, um, you know, 
uh, kind of clustered all together. Nothing super high. Their first one is 29 because uh, they they made the mistake of making it all the way to the World Series, thus uh, yeah. you know, dealing Man. a serious blow to their draft Idiot. prospects next year. But Just I think it was a I think it was a, a, a fair trade off for them. I don't think they're too disappointed about that. All right. Um, well, let's see here. That doesn't make any sense. That can't be right. All right. Well, I got uh, for you guys, of course, Bet MGM Sportsbook. I, th- there's there's things that are changing around here, and I mean, again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but um, I'm looking at my ad read, Jesse. And if you haven't signed up for Bet MGM yet, um, this this can't be right. But I'm not. I'm going to read it because. That's what it says. So according to this, uh, if you have not signed up for BetMGM yet, and you do so now, you can make your first bet offer and, uh, and, and for, make your first bet. Uh, you know, it's a $10 wager. We've been talking about this lots. Normally, you get your $200 in bonus bets. I'm being told, according to an update on our ad sheet, Jesse, that if you are a new customer and you make that first bet of at least $10, you will receive up to 15 hundred dollars back in bonus bets if the bet loses all you have to do oh <laughs> is download the betmgm sportsbook app on ios or android or visit betmgm.com sign up and deposit at least ten dollars into your betmgm sportsbook account place your first wager and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if that bet loses if the bet does lose your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled all you have to do is sign up for bet mgm use bonus code phnx place your first bet mgm sportsbook wager through the sportsbook mobile application of at least ten dollars and if that bet loses your bonus bets will be available once your initial wage is settled so Get on it now because this is probably one of the best deals you're going to get over at the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario. all right well uh, i talked about las vegas a little while ago and the a's trying to get their stuff together before they move there but uh if you want to experience all the joys of going to las vegas without making that four-hour drive and i'm going to say four-hour drive maybe it's five-hour drive maybe those of you that don't get speeding tickets on the way to las vegas maybe it takes five and a half hours to vegas four hours I, I I don't know what to tell you. It's just I I, I don't know. I, I I have a lead foot. But uh, again, there's an easier way. Don't get speeding tickets. Don't spend that drive. Go to Gila River Casinos, uh, resorts and casinos here in town. No one does it better. They offer an authentic and immersive experience. And of course, uh, you can get down on all of the gaming, all of the luxury that you're looking for. You can be high rolling, fine dining, and lounging poolside all at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Their state-of-the-art gaming floor has it all with over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and live game tables, not to mention Arizona's largest casino sportsbook. So make sure to check out Gila River Resorts and Casinos. They have uh, some amazing... Uh, 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 why am I having a hard time saying restaurant? Restaurant dining options. I'm, I'm sometimes I'm broken when it comes to eating, uh, but of course they have all sorts of dining options. And most importantly, it's a great place to have a staycation. Makes a great gift this holiday season if, if you're looking to uh, take your loved one out uh, and and have yourselves a, a fun weekend here in town. Make sure to check out Gila Re- River Resorts and Casinos. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Play uh, visit playathila.com for more details. Well, Jesse, uh, it is the season once again to take a look into the future with our friends from Arizona Lottery. And of course, uh, we know it's we we know we're not getting Shohei Otani. And I know a lot of people know they're not getting Shohei Otani, but Shohei Otani really has broken the winter meetings. Uh, we make all these jokes about these hot stoves, stoving going on, but we know what we all want. We know what information we want. Meanwhile, Otani's at home completely unaware of the stress uh, that he's causing on all of us, the sleepless nights that it's causing, uh, everything that's going on. He's probably playing with a dog, 
enjoying his time, um, <laughs> you know, doing something wholesome. But uh, the Dodgers, Jesse, I'm happy to report, are officially out of the running for Shohei Otani, thanks to Dave Roberts. Because Dave Roberts apparently today uh, told the media that the Dodgers did, in fact, meet with Shohei. And according to a previous statement that uh, Otani's camp sent out, any team that was going to talk about meeting with Otani was going to have that held against them, which has turned this whole thing into just such a weird situation. What an absolute nightmare for the Dodgers, right? I mean, (laughs) Dave Roberts, Dave Roberts is down bad, Derek. Dave Roberts is going to have a long night. This is going to be, it's probably going to be tough for him. Um, No, I reportedly like got a call right away. Like someone said that he was like basically immediately on a phone call, probably with someone from the organization telling him about the huge mistake he had made. Yeah, I, 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 I very much regret my decision not to be present for Dave Roberts presser because it was actually, <laughs> it was right here. I mean, it were, we're a stone's <laughs> throw away from where Dave Roberts would have been sitting or at least I am right now. Um, so yeah, uh, th- this is a statement that, uh, you know, it, it had been reported that, that, you know, Otani's camp was going to hold it against teams. As you said, if, if they leaked any of this stuff, I don't know if, I, I think it would be outrageously petty on the part of Otani and his agent to pass on the Dodgers because of that, frankly. No, I don't um, think that at all. I completely disagree with you. I think that would be a great reason to pass on the Dodgers. Any reason <laughs> to pass on the Dodgers is a great reason, Jesse. That's what you got to keep that focus, okay? Got to keep that energy. I just, I think that this whole situation with Otani where everything is so mysterious yeah is getting old yeah and yeah, I, agree. I i don't know that it is it, now granted uh you know it, there could there is a universe in which reporters don't exist i guess and we find out about all this stuff via like team press release which would probably result in a lot of fans leading much happier you know, more fulfilled lives when they're not constantly worried about like the latest report <laughs> from John Heyman or whatever, right? About who their team is showing interest in. It might be I a lot get a good easier. Night's sleep finally, just one good night. <laughs> it might be a lot. I don't wake sleep. up worrying about a trade happening while I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think that there's something fun about this time of year where those reports are circulating and obviously there's there's a limit to it, right? I mean, there's only a, a select few of people uh, who are usually breaking these kinds of stories. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't want a world in which we knew everything about all of the negotiations with every player, or actually I kind of would want that world if I'm being totally honest, but I recognize how how ridiculous and absurd that world would be. Um, but yeah, there, there's something fun about just knowing like, oh, the Reds met with Otani or, oh, the, you know, there, there's yeah. probably stuff behind the scenes that, I mean, just think of all of the the news cycles that we're missing out on right now as an industry because there's just so much mystery surrounding the situation. There have been a few reports that have come out, right? Um, you know, I think Ken Rosenthal reported that there, uh, you know, it had appeared that the the Blue Jays, uh, you know, met with Otani in his camp in Florida. Um, so, you know, the, these things are are still out there, but I, I just think the the need to protect this information to this degree, I just think is kind of dumb, frankly. Yeah. I know that Otani is is more of a private guy and he doesn't really like to speak to the media as evidenced by the fact that he did not show up to a phone press conference. Um, at, at least I think it was it was billed as being technical difficulties. But Shohei Otani, when he won the AL MVP award, did not show up to that phone that phone call. Uh, I'm, I'm I've heard that reporters were were there for a very long time waiting for him to show up, and he never did. I'm not so sure that I believe that it was technical difficulties that led to that. There just has to be a reasonable limit to to this stuff, and yeah. you know, I I know that feeding information to reporters, you know, I, I don't want to say that there's like a a necessary. Uh, minimum of that, like I, I you know, I, I respect people wanting to keep negotiations a little bit more private, but to, doing it to the level of like holding it against team or not signing with a team because of right. a meeting that Dave Roberts was legitimately a part of, it just seems really 
um, really silly to me, even though, yes, if you're a Diamondbacks fan, you probably would absolutely love to see uh, Otani and his camp pass on the Dodgers just for this very reason. Yes. <laughs> um, Otani has kind of been bulletproof Teflon. He's such a good player. He's such a unique player that, uh, and then you mix that with his childlike wonder and his charisma and just how wholesome he is. Uh, and he's yeah. just really never come under fire for anything he's done. Uh, I'm sure, you know, even angels fans when, when, when he wasn't, you know, perfect and had his bad outings or whatever, I'm sure they wouldn't hold anything against him. Right. So uh, this is like the first kind of pretentious type thing that's, that's ever kind of come out about him. And this might not have any, decision this might not have anything to do with him this might be completely you know his, his management team and and his agent making this call or making this decision this this probably isn't a shohei otani decision right but uh it does come off as looking a little like you said silly it comes off looking pretentious it's yeah it's it's a, a little exhausting at this point right you have bob nightingale today uh reporting uh, through a tweet that the Chicago Cubs optimism of landing Shohei Otani has now significantly waned. One high ranking executive said leaving the LA Dodgers, Toronto Blue Jays, Los Angeles Angels and San Francisco Giants as the likely finalists. And who even knows if they're the finalists considering all of this mystery uh, that, that, that these meetings are shrouded in. Right. But yeah, caused a reported conflict between Bob Nightingale and, and, you know, the, the the cubs right and so like yeah get hoyer yeah yeah and him and hoyer and so like it's one of those situations where like it's it's such a problem now that it's 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 like trickling down and causing conflict and and causing a lot of problems between you know some of the best reporters in baseball you know legitimate uh well-known reporters and and the clubs themselves over the reporting of this and over this situation you know it's just it really has i, I mean I, I joke that it broke the winter meetings but it really does feel like nothing can nothing can happen you know all we have these small deals being done and it feels like this is the kind of stuff we're going to see until like the shohei otani deal gets done because the contenders that are in the otani sweepstakes are teams with a lot of money that if they don't go to otani they they, they have other directions that they can go and so there probably are a lot of players and agents kind of waiting for that decision to be made before those teams yeah. and those talks can even be had, you know, like, do you want to yeah. sign your guy right now to a deal knowing that the Dodgers have money in hand waiting to just spend it on a free agent, but they're kind of like, they, they, they want to make, they want Otani. And if they don't get Otani, they're going to have a lot of money, you know, kind of still budgeted for Otani that they have now to spend on, possibly several free agents so like i, I as an yeah. agent wouldn't even want my guy signing until all of that gets figured out until the teams that miss out on him are are now looking for other players because you can really get your guy a lot of money potentially you can get your player a lot of money at this point depending on how that uh, potentially on how that goes down but uh yeah i'm I, i'm 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 waiting i'm wanting it to be over i want otani to sign and when i hear that yeah. the blue jays are in the mix I am 100% Jesse rooting for the Toronto Blue Jays to win this situation. It is the <laughs> best possible outcome at this point for the Arizona Diamondbacks, aside from us getting him ourselves. Yeah, I mean, of all the teams that are in the mix, like, yeah, you wouldn't want you wouldn't want the Cubs to get him because even though they're not in the same division as you, they are they're still, you know, if you're in the wild card Absolutely. race, they, they yeah. figure to be in the wild card race as well. We saw how close that race was this past season. You don't want that. You obviously don't want the Dodgers or the giants, given that they're your direct competition in the NL West. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the angels is fine. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, I think as a, as a baseball fan at large, it's maybe a little bit sad. It, it would be a little bit sad to see Shohei go back there because you just know that it probably means that we're just never going to see Shohei Otani play a, play a, a playoff game. Um, I'm also okay with that, Jesse. At, okay <laughs> at least for the, I mean, but I want to see Otani, just as a baseball fan in general, I want to see Shohei Otani in the postseason. I think it would be good for baseball for that to happen. And the Toronto Blue Jays seem like a, a team that is sort of in this sort of in this prime area where they would benefit 
very much from having Otani. Like they they have a need for Otani in a sense. This past year was not what Blue Jays fans hoped it would be. And yet also they're not a team that just has such an absurd amount of wealth or you know, the the Dodgers are going to the Dodgers if they do not get Otani will still be widely expected to win 100 games next year. The Blue Jays are not in that situation. They're a team that that would have a good chance to get to the postseason and, you know, make some memories with Shohei Otani in the postseason, something that I want to see, while also not being a team that it's just like, all right, well, you know, that team has all the money or, you know, that team is already outrageously good. So, you know, here we go. That, that team's just going to get all that much better. The, you know, the rich get richer, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think uh, it just overall from like a larger baseball fan perspective, I think Otani on the Blue Jays would be would be a win for a lot of different people. Unless you root for an AL East team, then then you might not be too happy about it. I'm so tired of talking about Otani that I just tuned you out that whole time, and I just was dealing with this scratcher ticket, right? Okay, and fair enough. I just want to report, Jesse, that uh, five seconds into scratching the scratcher ticket, you and I collectively, as a as a as a team, won five dollars. So okay, uh, and that's All without right. me even scratching off the rest of it. That's literally just the first line. And let me see, we got. 38 we got 40 i got a lot of math to do on there because these are a lot of fun uh and i can't wait to figure out how much more money i probably shouldn't be telling you how much money i won especially with the 50,000 one on there i'll probably keep that to myself but uh again <laughs> arizona lottery uh tis the season for if you ever do win 50,000 on one yeah. of those i know yeah. that you're just gonna tell me about like the five dollar part and then you're gonna keep you're, you're gonna keep stress for yourself on i'm gonna astute. have to, I'm gonna have to keep, right. keep a close eye on that I would probably audit me. I would probably audit me. That's probably a good idea. And I mean, really, when it comes to buying these holiday scratchers for other people, I'm pretty bad at it because I was going to put some in stockings and then I was like, there's time. These can be for Dare Dare. These are Derek's and these might win. I don't know. Every lottery ticket I buy for someone else, as much as I want to give that to them, I think this might win half a million dollars. Why am I giving them? Do I do I like this person enough to just give them half a million dollars? Well, you might do that very thing this holiday season. So make sure to check out Holiday Scratchers from the Arizona Lottery. Uh, they make last-minute shopping easy, as Jesse can attest to. Uh, they make a perfect gift. They make great stocking stuffers. There's a scratcher for everyone on your list. They cost uh, as little as $1, and again, they can win you up to a half a million. So go out and buy your Holiday Scratchers today. Uh, and if you got some company coming over like I do, I just found out last night, Jesse, that it is my turn to host Christmas at my house. And that is an absolute Ooh. nightmare for me. I am not happy about that. So uh, I'll tell you, if you have family coming and you want to make your house look as nice as you possibly can, great ideas to finally get that flooring done with our friends at Empire Today. I've been telling you about how easy it is to shop at home with Empire Today, but it's because they have their virtual floor designer. And again, we all know nobody it, there's like certain things in life we don't like to do we don't like to go to a car dealership and deal with all of that haggling all day long none of us like to do that well jesse seems to kind of be an odd fan of it but the rest of us are not but uh <laughs> there's other things we don't like to do like go sit in a floor room uh, all day and talk to a salesperson and have to look through books and and make all these decisions and uh, of course empire today makes it easy for you that you can do that all at home uh, they make they, they pride themselves in fact on their convenient shop at home service they help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can exact see exactly what their new floors will look like in their home's lighting and decor and that way you can make an informed decision so again if you want to spruce up your home before you have those guests uh, this holiday season, make sure to schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. And that name, once again, was Empire Today. I just, I love doing that. I've listened to that jingle for a long time. So anytime I get to do that, it's a pleasure. But uh, Jesse... Uh... Tim is very anti-Lucas Giolito in the chat. Oh, he said, you know, it's not a good stocking stuffer, Lucas Giolito. Well, uh, you might not be wrong about that, but uh, we'll see. Diamondbacks still have some upgrades that they need to make. And uh, again, with Mike Hazen going after two starters, I don't think anything's off the table right now. They did, they did bring in at one point, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but Zach Davies, who was our ace for a week. So uh, anything can happen. But we do appreciate you guys, of course, being here. Jesse, what do you got on the schedule for tomorrow? More more monitoring, you know, Mike Hazen's uh, eating habits? 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's priority number one. Absolutely. <laughs> what was on the menu? Um, when we were in his hotel room yesterday, the, the, my, there was Mike, there were Mike and Ike's there as well. So apparently, Mike and Ike's are very prominent in the Diamondbacks uh, front office meeting. The official sponsor of the winter meetings, Mike and Ike's. There, there you go. Uh, no, we have we have a manager's breakfast tomorrow. Um, All right. Which actually, Diamondbacks manager Tori Lavella, we're told, will not be able to be present for that. Instead, we will have breakfast with bench coach Jeff Bannister. Oh, uh, hey. So fun. Hanging, uh, a, hanging out with uh, hanging out with Banny in the morning. And then the Rule 5 draft is at 1 o'clock, I believe, Nashville time. So I think that would be noon for you guys. I do want to add real quick, uh, we touched on some guys the D-backs could potentially lose. I also asked Mike Hazen about whether the Diamondbacks would make a selection in the draft. They do have, as of right now, two open spots on their 40-man roster, so they conceivably could. Mike said probably not, though. Uh, he did mention, you know, they're they're gonna, you know, go through all the names and do the research. He mentioned that, you know, if anyone, it would be a relief pitcher. Um, but at this point, yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, like a reliever, a a reliever with top notch stuff. Those are the kind of guys that do get taken in the Rule Five draft from time to time. Maybe the DX would have some interest there, but they also already know who's available. It's not like it's not like we have to wait till tomorrow for Mike to know. Um, I mean, I guess there are other teams picking in front of them, uh, to be sure. But a lot of times in the rule five draft, whether you're making a pick is not as much about who's picking in front of you as like, do you actually want anyone, uh, you know, based on your own in-house scouting reports and, and whatnot. So my guess is the D-backs don't take anyone tomorrow. All right. Well, we will be back roughly at 2.30, depending on media availability with Mike Hazen and when Jesse gets all that wrapped up. So make sure to join us at, at a more reasonable hour for many of you, or at least for me. I'm, like I said, <laughs> uh, self-professed early. I go to bed early. I'm, Way I'm past an early sleeper. already, Derek. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. This is sucks. I don't like this at all, Jesse. This is taking <laughs> me back uh, to getting drunk at 11 o'clock at night on champagne after winning, uh, you know, the NLCS but or NLDS. Wait, CS, I don't know. I got drunk after a lot of those series, so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, after Jesse has uh, biscuits with Banny and we get that Rule 5 draft, <laughs> we'll be back. You can follow us in the meantime on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. Of course, uh, our producer is always the people's producer. It's the one and only Damon Dog. We are Damon's dogs. Bark, bark, bark. bark. Uh, you can follow him at Damon Dog. That's D A W G. Uh, of course, all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate you guys so much uh, for stopping by tonight. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when Otani finally signs with a team. <laughs> <laughs>